Welcome back to Count Me In, the podcast that explores the world of business from the management accountant's perspective. Today we have a special edition as we take a closer look at the groundbreaking new DEI Solutions Report produced in partnership by IMA, the International Federation of Accountants, or IFAC, and the California Society of CPAs. The report, entitled Diversifying Global Accounting Talent, Actionable Solutions for Progress, is now available on the IMA website. Just follow the link in the show notes. Here now to discuss the findings and why this report represents one, if not the largest collective of DEI initiatives in the history of global accounting profession, is Jeff Thompson, the president and CEO of IMA, Kevin Dancy, CEO of IFAC, and Denise LaDuke Froming, president and CEO of CalCPA. Let's get started. Well, thank you so much, Kevin and Denise, for joining this very, very important podcast. We're all committed to uh, increasing the relevance and influence of our great profession and the talent pipeline and talent uh, retention. And certainly uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is an important part of that equation. I'm very, very proud and honored to have partnered with uh, both IFAC and Cal uh, State side of CPAs. In this groundbreaking DEI research, our organizations have collaborated on over the past uh, bunch of months. Uh, I believe that the breadth and depth of topics covered and really getting close to the issues at hand is um, arguably unsurpassed by any other study out there, but it's, it's not a competition. It's about uh, improving um, the profession and its, its relevance in an age of disruption and uncertainty. You know, there were some hard truths, um, hard data points that came out of the uh, surveys that we did, uh, both in the U.S. and around the world, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, and Southeast Asia. Speaking about inequity, for example, fewer than 60% of the 8,000 sampled believe the profession is equitable or inclusive. That's a startling number. And so it very much is a call to action to partner together to understand how we can create diverse pipelines, how we can create um, an incredibly diverse and inclusive profession, because from an overarching perspective, that improves the attractiveness of the profession to all types of individuals um, and our relevance and influence going forward is absolutely paramount. Look, we can't touch on every point in the, in the research that came up in this particular podcast, but would love to hear your reactions, uh, for example, to the more than 70 uh, specific actionable practices recommended in the report. Uh, these over 70 actionable practices have been mapped back to the 17 UN sustainable goals, sustainability goals for 2030. For example, goals on quality education, gender equality, and uh, reducing inequality. So let's talk about some of the findings, and um, I need to um, uh, be quiet and, and listen and learn. So according to the research, there is a greater diversity across the broader profession and in leadership positions, in a comparison of female respondents' job titles across all regions to those of male respondents with similar education levels and experience, it was revealed that male respondents are holding more senior positions than in females, and that typically also extends to other diverse groups. Second, the research points to women and members of other diverse demographic groups in each region 
uh, believing there is some level of inequitable treatment and exclusive behaviors that impacted career decisions and prompted some, uh, actually about 12%, to actually leave our great profession. So starting with Denise as a, a, leading, a leader in our profession, what is your reaction to the findings in this area of gender and other forms of inequities and inequalities? and similar challenges you're facing in a very diverse state of California. Denise? Well, thank you. First, thank you, Jeff, for having me on the, the podcast today. Really appreciate being here. And also, thank you for just, we really appreciated partnering with IFAC and I, IMA on the survey. Um, it's very important, as you said, and there's a lot of great actionable items, which I was so happy to see within the survey because it gives others a pathway to move forward. So that's important. Now, in regards to gender parity, I think COVID, we could all probably agree that it didn't really help on the advancement and the momentum that we had in 2019 on with women within the workforce. Um, a lot of women left to take care of their families. No judgment there. It's just what happened. It's the reality. Often, I think women and diverse populations are underutilized within the profession. They aren't provided the opportunities to stand up and to um, learn new skills or competencies. So I, I did talk to Dr. Meet today from Howard University, and she had said too that there's research out there and she mostly looks at the black accountants and their experience, but she said advancement and retention challenges are really the result of them not obtaining assignments that help them develop. And they don't have the social networks a lot of times to provide that informal career advancement. And I think we could all agree, I know myself, that I've benefited from others helping me to move ahead, giving me opportunities. And if you don't have that, that's definitely a gap. And it also provides you with the thought that maybe you want to leave the profession because you don't have the network and you don't feel that sense of belonging or welcomed environment um, within maybe the organization that you're in. So there's, and there's a lot of statistics out there that really promote the fact that there is not equitable treatment all the time. So um, a lot of times we say to see me is to be me. And I think, you know, Heather has said that at times as well. And it's really having that awareness and acknowledgement that there is a gap within the profession and understanding that gap. So you have to know where you're at to know where you need to go a lot of times. So it's, it's on the acknowledgement and awareness that the profession does have a gap and then also the belief that there is an untapped resource out there and that will provide the leadership and the innovation to move the organization forward. And also having that as a priority within the organization and the tone at the top, making sure that it is within the fabric of the organization to have DEI at the forefront and have programs that support that. So essentially having it hardwired within the organization. Right, thank you, Denise, so much. And, and you know, before I turn it over to Kevin, um, I think we probably, three of us would probably agree very, very passionately that we've got a great profession. Uh, we need to do a better job at telling the story of the professions making a difference in society. Uh, but we also have to create a better story and to see it is very, uh, very powerful. Kevin, what are your, what's your thoughts on the question of gender parity uh, and retention or similar challenges for other diverse groups from an IFAC perspective? You get to see the world actually, um, which is pretty incredible. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, uh, thanks for having me here today as well. I think uh, 
Denise has covered a lot of the points quite well, but it's very clear that in terms of advancement and retention, uh, we really have work to do as a profession. I think as shown in the data from the four regional studies, you know, more than 60% of female risk respondents, um, as well as members of diverse demographic groups explored in each regional study, report personally experiencing inequitable or ex exclusive treatment in the accounting profession uh, that they have perceived to be rooted in bias uh, against people like them. Also 12% of women have also indicated that these inequitable and exclusive experiences have contributed to their decision to leave the profession altogether. So these numbers are upsetting, um, but reinforce that we must do more as a profession to ensure a comfortable, inclusive work environment. But I think you know one of the great things about their report is that now not only do we have uh, some really good data to base our uh, risk responses on going forward, but that the report really tries to get to pragmatic solutions that the profession can adopt. And I know throughout this podcast, we will delve into some of those as well. Great, Kevin, thank you for, for those thoughts. Um, by the way, just going back to, to for allowed to go back on this podcast, <laughs> but going back uh, to something Denise said that um, I think you, you also alluded to is, you know, it does seem that disruptive events, whether it's the pandemic or other disruptions that we've all seen and felt, does seem to disproportionately impact females, lower income caregivers, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got to be very, very careful that as we plan for the future and make some uh, bold steps forward, we take into account that things are probably going to get more challenging uh, rather than less. So thank you for that. So we've alluded to the fact that in this groundbreaking research, uh, there were well over 70 actionable uh, practices that were uh, put together through benchmarking, through think tanks, and through other uh, means. Uh, as we indicated earlier, they are mapped back to the 17 UN sustainable uh, goals for 2030. Um, and there's, there's many examples, for instance, in attracting uh, groups to the accounting profession, there's the thoughts of um, more communications and outreach to uh, underrepresented groups. Are we being creative and innovative and comprehensive in our outreach to bringing in new talent into our organizations? Things like anonymizing, am I saying that? Anonymizing <laughs> resumes <laughs> prior to having them received during the recruitment process to minimize the effect of bias. And these 70 or so ideas or initiatives or practices are grouped into two categories in the, in the report, if you recall. On the, uh, there's the attracting uh, talent, and then there's also retaining and developing, or developing and retaining. Another example is um, in terms of attracting talent, develop partnerships with primary schools and local organizations that demystify accounting roles to youth. So even starting earlier, right, in the, uh, the, the bid to tell the story of this great profession. So Kevin, uh, start with you. What are, what's your take on the 70 practices? How do you um, prioritize them? How do you get going? Uh, what are some things perhaps IFAC has done, uh, either on the attract and or retain developed side? Thanks, Jeff. You know, while it appears as an easy to implement practice, um, I don't think we should kid ourselves that it will be quick uh, or easy for that matter. 
Because I think removing unconscious bias from decision-making really is a lifelong learning process. Um, And we need to work on undoing, frankly, generations of systematic bias. You know, with respect to attracting talent, one effective place to start, uh, which you alluded to, is by utilizing software uh, to remove names from resumes or gender-specific language from job postings. Because doing so puts the focus on the requirements of the job and the professional capabilities of the person without regard for demographic characteristics. So that's one example. Um, I think another area that will be important for us to focus on is how we are encouraging young people to enter that profession to begin with. And I think this gets back to the point you alluded to earlier in terms of getting our story out there and getting our story out there in the right way. Um, if we don't have good diversity, you know, right now at that point, why not? You know, for people entering the profession, and are the job postings off-putting towards you know specific demographic groups? Um, I, I think these are the questions we need to explore, uh, because ultimately our work starts with marketing the profession as a viable and desirable career path to all. And I think you know, with all the work going on in the world today around sustainability reporting and ESG reporting, etc., I really think. If we can position this profession as one with a real sense of purpose going forward, which I think will be attractive to the next generation. I think it's really important to weave that into our story going forward in terms of the sense of purpose that an individual can have and also how that will lead to a viable and, and a desirable uh, career path. Kind of another effective place to start could be by providing internship programs to undergraduate students. Uh, We have done this the last couple of years at IFAC, and one of our interns from last year's summer program is now working for PwC. So again, just looking at different new ways in terms of uh, engaging young people with our profession going forward. I think there are options there for us to explore. Yeah, great, great thoughts, Kevin. And uh, as a, a, a proud member of IFAC, I, I want to thank you and IFAC for its proactive statements and initiatives, um, working with the IRFS Foundation and others to make ESG, environment, social governance, an integral part of our profession where we can make a difference uh, in terms of unbiased results and uh, results with a reasonable level of assurance. Uh, It's all about making a difference and being a a purpose-driven organization. If we do that well, we will attract a whole new set of inspired students, uh, not not to mention the move toward data analytics. Uh, So Denise, going back to um, the question at hand, I know in uh, some media interviews, uh, yourself and Heather on your team have done a really nice job at articulating some of what you're implementing at Cal State side of CPAs, but what is your thoughts as well on the 70 plus uh, actionable practices and how organizations can get going, get started and, and keep keep it moving? Mm-hmm. I, I do agree, I mean, with both of you that this, having that 70 actionable practices provides a starting point, a great starting point for anyone. It's kind of a menu in which you can choose where you're at and the next step that you want to move forward on. So it allows you to customize in a way, a pathway or a roadmap forward. So I think that's helpful because everyone's in a different spot and they need to be able to see and and have that pathway of how others have implemented 
I think a good starting point first is to really have a committee or a group that can be that village or that team to help promote, nurture, and support a program. Because without that, you're just going in many different directions a lot of time and you don't have a focused pathway forward. So I think that's a really good beginning point for anyone. And to make sure that you have the members and you have buy-in from various groups and stakeholders, because that helps you move forward in a more deliberate and intentional way. I would say also to have awareness and look at, do an audit to see where you're at. Truly, what are what position are you in currently? Because then you can know, like I said before, where you need to go and what you need to put into place. And you share the plan with others, have that tone at the top, make sure there is buy-in by others, because without that, it's really difficult to move forward. And I would agree with what both you and Kevin said on the story. We have to be able to tell a compelling story that resonates with different audiences. So it isn't always the same message, but it has an element of um, a message that is really at the heart of what others are looking for. Because every different diverse group wants something different. We hear that a lot of individuals that want to come into accounting want that are attracted to the entrepreneurship that is available. So we have to be able to tell the story in different ways that resonate with different audiences. And I would say it's it is a profession I love. I wear my I love CPAs button, but it is my profession. So it's important to me that it's, it is sustainable going forward. And I think we're poised to really comment on and be involved in many of the new initiatives that are out there, ESG being one of them. Great, great. Thank you. And uh, Denise, while we're on a bit of a roll here, so, you know, we've, we've spent a bit of time on the uh, attracting talent and telling the story and making the story even better. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the retaining and uh, promoting diverse talent for the longer term outcome of creating a sense of belonging, culture of belonging. Um, you know, a quote I read on some of the research on hybrid work said belonging is all about leadership. It's not about location, right, which we're all dealing with, I'm sure. Some of the recommendations in the report on the retain and promote side includes offering on-site daycare, establishing or expanding parental leave, collecting demographic data to assess equity. Kevin's point about let's use data science to help in our recruiting efforts uh, and regularly engaging with staff or members in an association, for example, uh, to assess employee sentiments toward DNI. DEI. Why are we even talking about it? Is that for us to be doing? How is that an integral part of the profession? So what are your thoughts on some of these actions or, or thoughts, initiatives in the area of promoting and uh, retaining? And how can we lead by example? I would say just to your point, facilitating that inclusive work culture and that sense of belonging is extremely important for, for everyone. And it isn't just, as you said, within the confines of the physical office space, but it is feeling that you're valued within that organization. And having the um, DNI programs that thrive in our avenues to um, really speak up and for you to be yourself at work, I've heard so many times is it's extremely important to, to everyone within the, the organization and to have that support with the tone at the top and having leaders that support kind of where you're going and understand really what you value within the organization 
and where you need to go professionally. And having mentors, I think mentors are really important within an organization and sponsors so that you feel there is a pathway for, for you to move forward. And I hear that with the, with the members as well, having that mentor so that they know the pathway that, that is available to them, because it's, it's difficult sometimes to move forward and to know where to go. And having someone that's in your corner that can provide the roadmap is extremely helpful. And I think um, a statistic that I've heard is that 70% of underrepresented racial and ethnic groups do not have equitable access to sponsors or mentors. And that's extremely important because we all need that support within the organization to help us move forward in our career. And without that, you just don't really know a lot of times where to go next and what that next step is. That's great. And Kevin alluded to the uh, importance of internship programs, but mentoring programs, mutual coaching programs, uh, we, we have to dig deeper and more innovatively. So great. Thank you so much, Denise. Shifting gears a little bit, I'm sure we'd all agree that one of the cornerstones or table stakes for our profession is commitment to uh, professional ethics. The International Ethics Standards Board for Accounting takes this very, very seriously. Kevin, the the, the general question is, what is the relationship between DEI and ethics uh, and even ethics codes? For example, should there be direct or indirect reference to DEI in uh, ethics codes um, is, is probably the broader question for consideration. Thanks, Jeff. Great question. I think I'd start by saying inherently ethics and DEI are linked together. Um, as accountants, we have a responsibility to uphold the highest standard of ethics and make fair decisions free from bias. So that's kind of a fundamental principle 101. And I think in the report, it's outlined that compliance, uh, along with the IASBA Code of Ethics principles, can help support the effectiveness of DEI programs. Now, while the IASBA Code does not expressly address DEI, its overarching requirements note the importance of having ethical values that align internal organizational cultures to the principles of ethics in the code. And compliance with the code's principles of ethics can help support the effectiveness of DEI programs. You know, for example, uh, compliance with integrity involves fair dealing. Fair dealing includes respecting and promoting values of DEI. Also, compliance with the principle of professional behavior would lead a professional accountant to avoid being associated with discriminatory or biased practices that are not aligned with fundamental tenets of DEI and, consequently, the organization's DEI related programs and policies. The code also imposes a responsibility for professional accountants to take action if they become aware of or suspect non compliance with laws and regulations which would include DEI related laws and regulations. So there's quite a bit of connectivity and alignment between DEI and ethics for professional accountants. Uh, thank you, Kevin, so much for those thoughts on the fact that DEI and sound ethics are, are linked and joined at the hip as mutual enablers. Uh, we already talked about the fact that as we evolve into uh, ESG, environmental, social, and governance aspects, that there too, the, uh, a diverse, equitable, and inclusive environment goes hand in hand. Uh, the, so, the S, the social aspect of ESG, talks about human capital and uh, board diversity. And so very, very, very important for 
uh, professional and accountants and business to play a leading role. So as we wrap up, as we know, more than 60 professional accountancy organizations around the globe joined us as we call DEI advocates, committing their organizations to collaborative action for change. Uh, this is a, a grand opportunity to address and mitigate the risk and seize opportunity to grow and expand the diversity, relevance, and influence of our great profession. So given the magnitude of this and the opportunity here, start with Denise. Um, what closing thoughts would you give to kind of capture the, the, the path forward? I would say first, just have conversations. So you understand where you're at and you have the awareness that you need and then take action. Take a step forward, lean in and do something because a lot of times there's a lot of conversation and we need to really take action. So I would urge anyone who signed on, our Cal CPA members to take immediate action and you utilize those 70 action steps. Select one, reach out. There's organizations that are noted on there. Reach out to an organization and ask for help because everyone will help and assist and they're more than willing to give you a hand up. So I would say, have a conversation, take an action and enlist those leaders and stakeholders that you feel could help you move forward. It's extremely important. And just, we're so happy that we had the 60 that signed on because it shows the interest and the commitment to um, DE&I and moving forward. Great, thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, 100% agree having conversations and many of them with multiple stakeholders, critically important. Uh, Kevin, what are your uh, closing words of inspiration here? Put you on the spot. Uh, I think the important next step, Jeff, is to begin to take new actions as a result of what we've learned. And the report generated an inventory of more than 70 actionable DEI practices, each mapped to relevant UN SDGs, which millions of accountants can implement. And as you said earlier, the actual DEI practices fall into one of two overarching categories that represent necessary strategic objectives for the accountancy profession's DEI efforts. The first was attracting diverse talent, and the second was retaining and promoting that diverse talent. Effective solutions are needed to increase representation at all career levels, effectively measure DEI progress, and that coordinated widespread improvement across the profession. Bottom line, Jeff, is that the time is now to affect change and unite the profession in a collaborative approach to solving these challenges. Great. Thank you so much, Kevin and IFAC and Denise and Cal CPAs. Uh, it's been a privilege speaking with you today. Um, I can't tell you how proud I am uh, personally and on behalf of IMA for uh, partnering with you on this uh, groundbreaking and actionable research. Look, we all want a fair and equitable workplace where people feel valued and belong, a sense of belonging, and it's talent that's going to move this profession forward more than anything else. And, you know, when you think about it, uh, nothing less than the future relevance and influence of our great profession is at stake. So let's approach this challenge, as, as Kevin and Denise have said, with a sense of urgency, a sense of pride, and a sense of inspiration. This has been Count Me In, IMA's podcast, providing you with the latest perspectives of thought leaders from the accounting and finance profession. If you like what you heard and you'd like to be counted in for more relevant accounting and finance education, visit IMA's website at www.imanet.org.